Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail. And I have my whole monorail family here with me once again today. And let's start by bringing back one of your favorite snarky monorail members. Cheeseburger in Paradise. Cheeseburger in Paradise, also known as Unemployed, also known oh, as gosh. <laughs> McKenna Monorail. <laughs> um, have I done Cheeseburger in Paradise before? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, well, I think you have. shout out to Jimmy Buffett then. Have you eaten Cheeseburger in Paradise? I have. At Margaritaville. Yeah, me too. They're good. Love a good cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. We should we should do a cheeseburger review at some point. Garrett is the star top, of the cheeseburger review. Top 10 cheeseburgers in Walt Disney World. Sounds like a fun thing. And number two on the list of monorail cheeseburger reviewers is... Corn dog. Corn dog. <laughs> Are you corn dog or corn dog nugget? Corn dog. Corn dog monorail, Garrett Krutzinger. <laughs> no way. oh whoops and (laughs) finally yeah and finally last but not least samantha monorail samantha monorail always just say my name you don't have a goofy food related nickname nope if you did it would be cheesecake oh my (laughs) nickname's always my current mood so and right now you're a cheeseburger in paradise the mood is totally cheeseburger in paradise right now hmm Okay. Interesting. I was feeling that in the room. This feels like a very cheeseburger in paradise moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Monday, October the 14th, and this is episode number 78 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. I did a little analysis to try to figure out when episode 100 is going to happen, and I found out it will be March the 16th. So we've got a long way until we get there, but I want to start getting people ready now because the plan is we're going to do a live show with the ability and option for you if you would like to call in and speak to us live on the podcast oh be fun yeah it'll be fun the first time i'm hearing about this surprise you should have listened to our shows previously and we've talked about it. i don't want to hear myself speak no the ones you weren't on i think we've talked about it yeah okay so only the ones I wasn't on. You're just trying to surprise me right now. Well, surprise. That's what we're doing. <laughs> surprise in like five, no wait. Yeah, five months. Yeah. You have to do a live show. Well, here's what we need to think about though. Do we do the live stream on Sunday and then let the podcast go to the podcast apps for people to download on Monday? Or do we do like a little stinger, kind of a teaser Monday morning that I put out on the stream that's like a five, ten minute join us tonight, and then Monday night, so it's officially a Monday episode, we do the podcast. What do you think? Mm, we'll have to see how my work is going for that one. Okay, we'll work out the details. Because I don't get home till late sometimes. I wonder, here's a question. If you're listening right now and you think that you would be interested in listening live and participating in a 
live episode of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast, and you might even dial in and talk to us, would you prefer it to be Sunday or Monday? Let us know. I've heard most people like late streams. Well, it'll be nighttime. Yeah. But people still, we have to consider when people, you know, might be going to bed when they get up for work. And believe it or not, we have listeners in all kinds of time zones. So we have to think about that too. Yep. No, I'm talking about polls that some streamers have sent out trying to figure out when they should stream. Yeah. Most people vote in later in their in the streamer's time zone. Yeah. Well, we're not an extreme gamer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I'm more concerned about the day. We need to nail down the day. Would it be better to do a Sunday night or a Monday night? And I think we need people to let us know. So please do that. And then we'll go from there. But that's something to look forward to. Let's talk about what's going on right now. Yesterday, we went down to the Walt Disney World Resort. And Sam and I did not even go into a park. No, we didn't. Because we were invited to go along with some friends of a friend who were having birthday parties and celebrating by doing a monorail bar crawl. We did take the kids. The kids went into the Magic Kingdom. You guys went in and spent some time in the parks because the first place we went was Trader Sam's. I actually thought that kids weren't allowed at all in Trader Sam's. But as it turns out, before 8 p.m., kids can be in there. And then as soon as it's 8, if you're under 21, you're no longer allowed to be in Trader Sam's. So that's something like that's actually really good to know, because if you're like a parent of a child who really wants to try Trader Sam's, but, you know, you don't have a babysitter or, you know, you you can take the kids. You just have to go before eight. Mm -hmm. So but then once eight o'clock comes around, the kids no longer welcome. You send them to the pool area. Yeah. Go let them swim by themselves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we went there. We also hopped on the monorail. I got to go in the Grand Floridian for the first time in my life. So did I. And yeah. I spent money. Yeah, you spent money. Uh, we visited the Enchanted Rose, spent some time there. And then we went on to the Contemporary and went to the Wave Lounge. So let's just kind of go through our experience a little bit. Three very different Experiences. Yes. They could not be more distinct. Yeah. Trader Sam's is loud. Yeah. And and a lot of yelling and funny stuff happening and you get the special effects in the room. Yeah. Uh, when people order certain drinks, all the they've got these uh, digitized windows on the side that show you volcanoes and then like certain things happen and it might be raining or maybe the volcano erupts. Lights change the color of the room based on drinks people order. There's a tiki god on one end that actually comes to life. And I don't know if she curses us or what happens during that time. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, And then also they walk around. The the bartenders, the servers walk around with megaphones and yell at you. And they spray the room with water bottles when it's raining. And and wind, like there's wind that blows through. And Mm -hmm. it's really cool. I want to. You can go in there. But. And we can eat food. Yeah, they have food there, too. Is it good food? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do they have fried pickles? No. It's not like that kind of food. But I'm glad you did ask about the food, because I can tell you I've got the menu pulled up. But but just overall, this was your second time in Trader Sam's. Yeah. No, I've been three now. Oh, oh, okay. Your third time in Trader Sam's. And um, so, what do you... I mean, what's your overall opinion? Is this a place that you feel like is a fun place to hang out? Yeah, I love going there. And they're really good about my pineapple allergy. 
Um, because when they make my drinks, they don't mix it in the regular glasses. They do everything. They mix mine in like plastic cups and stuff. And they're, yeah, I love going in there and the drinks are so tasty. Yeah. They're really good. They have a lot of specialty drinks. I was actually comparing this place a bit to Oga's Cantina because you're getting an experience while you're there. And then they have all these specialty drink cups that you can take home with you. In this case, there's an additional fee. Um, so you can actually go with the I don't want to keep that cup option and get a cheaper drink. Uh, I think at Oga's, I don't know if that's true. I think if you if you buy like the Rancor Teeth Beer Flight, you're paying for that whole thing and you're getting the beer flight. Yeah, um, I think. The teeth and everything, I think. Um, and they do, in fact, have uh, mocktails at Trader Sam's as well. Uh, so just in terms of food, though, it's like Hawaiian-inspired stuff. They have some sushi that you can get. They've got chicken or tofu lettuce cups. They have pork tacos, Hawaiian poke. Uh, we tried the pan-fried dumplings with soy sesame dipping sauce, and they were so good. They were I very good. Love dumplings. Yeah. These were fantastic. They've got a Thai chicken and vegetable flatbread, and then they also have roasted chicken and pork pate banh mi sliders. Um, so, And I saw people get the sliders. Those looked good. I saw the flatbread. Everything looked good. Um, but obviously, the featured presentation here is the drink, mm-hmm. the drink menu. So some of the famous ones you might have seen is they've got the Nautilus, which is actually served in a cup that's shaped like the old 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride vehicles. Um, and it's a multiple person drink. That's the one that's... No. Okay. This is a submarine. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't had that. I can't have that one, I don't think. So. It doesn't say pineapple. It just says tropical juices, which means it probably has pineapple. Well, they have an ability to, when there's tropical juices, um, leave out the pineapple and just do guava and something else. Um, passion passion fruit. fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, and they made my drink with that, um, one of my drinks that had tropical juices. They made it with the guava yeah. and the passion fruit. You had the Krakatoa punch, right? Yes. Um, and that is where they substituted, I think. It doesn't say anything about pineapple on that one, but they t- he said he was substituting. You also had a dark and tropical stormy, right? Dark and stormy, yeah. And that it, was good. It was good. I tried the tiki, 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 tiki rum, and it was very good. But essentially, it was like a pina colada that they just put like cinnamon and nutmeg on top of. That was kind of how they changed it up. But I like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain so you know i'm, I'm a simple kind of dude so those were good what's the name of the drink that's in a pearl that is the polynesian pearl so whenever that one when someone orders that one up at the bar there is a clam and it starts lighting up and um, he's like, the, the bartender goes, oh, someone's calling me on my clamshell. Hold on a minute. <laughs> and he opens up the clam and there's one of those pearl cups in there. And he pulls it out and he acted like he was on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, it's my shell phone. <laughs> I was like, okay, got it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's how they get the pearl. So whenever anyone orders that drink, it starts lighting up and it makes some noises and stuff. It's really fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's noisy. It's a good time. I mean, it's fun to go in. We went in with a, a group of 18. They they actually kind of sent us in in groups of six because we pretty much took the place over. Yeah. It's not very big. 
And if you don't go early, which it's a good idea, if you're going to do a monorail bar crawl, it's a good idea to start here because you're probably going to have to wait to get in the lounge. Yes. You can order these drinks on the patio outside, but they don't do all the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you just want the drinks, you can do that. But I really think that you want the experience of being in there. So yeah, highly recommend. Um, I think they open the doors at like four o'clock and people start lining up very early for this. We got there at six and had to wait an hour to get in. Yeah. It was actually after seven when we got in there. So, um, but it was a good time. It was good to start there. And overall, highly recommend that experience. It was so fun. I, w- I actually, next, I want the kids to go with us because I think you guys would really enjoy all the crazy stuff and you can get a mocktail that'll do some crazy things too. So I wish Disney wasn't such a long drive because I think that would be a fun place to work at. Yeah, the bar, the servers and bartenders are all having a great time. You can tell they they're are enjoying themselves. Yeah, definitely. They look. I think they really like it when they get to pull out the megaphone and yell at everybody. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. And they they have when they uh, squirt water, they have a duck rubber duck float. <laughs> they bring it out and put it on people and stuff, or they're wearing it, and it's silly. Yeah, but it was very very fun. So. Then we rolled on over, on down the monorail rail, down to the Grand Floridian. And I want to say, I was very impressed with the Grand Floridian lobby. Having never been in there before, I've only seen pictures. It's beautiful. It does feel high-end. Yeah. It feels classy. It's very classy. I felt like I was underdressed in my t-shirt and khaki shorts. Yeah, I always feel like that in there. Yeah. I felt... And then I see the other guests. Yeah. They're dressed exactly like us. I felt awesome. I love that place. They have old white men playing the blues and jazz in there. <laughs> yeah, they had a band set yeah, up I downstairs. Like, I like the jazz men. Mm-hmm. I want to I wanna stay there. Yeah. Well, maybe someday. And I want to go to the little tea room. Mm-hmm. They've got a tea room. Yeah. Yeah, that does look very nice. But and they've got swans outside. <laughs> the newest addition is the Enchanted Rose. That took the place of Meisner's Lounge. And as soon as we heard that this was something that was coming to the Grand Floridian, I knew, oh, well, this is going to be the thing that gets me there because we have one of our party members who's a huge fan of Beauty and the Beast. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) And just seeing the pictures and understanding this was going to be a Beauty and the Beast themed lounge, I knew that we were going to end up there. So we went. And it is very nice. Now, here's what I want to say. People say, well... This doesn't really fit the theme of the Grand Floridian. And I can kind of see that. But here's what they've done. It is an upscale feeling lounge. Yeah, it's very classy. It does fit the Grand Floridian the yeah. way they've they've themed it. Yes. In my opinion, it really fit. And, and it's not like there are giant, larger-than-life posters of Beauty and the Beast. There's no statues of the characters. Without it being named that, you could barely tell. You wouldn't know. Yeah. I mean... The rose was there. Yeah, on a fireplace on mantle. A, yeah, but other than that, I think there was a painting of the castle. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there really wasn't anything that made you go Beauty and the Beast except for the drinks, yeah. some of the names. It's in. So here's one of the things that's kind of interesting about it. It's almost in like three rooms. So you've got the main room around the bar, and above the bar is a really pretty chandelier that's based on Belle's gown, her, yeah. her yellow gown. Oh, it's, it's so it's pretty, too. really pretty, and it's kind of a wraparound U-shaped bar. 
There's another room that kind of juts out from that that has a lot of the seating are like sofas and like uh, armchairs and things. There are a few tables in that room, but they're like tables of four. Um, but really, it's it's a lot of like lounge seating, as you might imagine it. And then there is a patio you can sit on. Yeah. Um, and then there's a separate room. So it's divided. And it feels more like a dining room. It does. And it has yeah. like big marble tables. They, the tables were really cool. Yeah. And we sat in the big dining room area, which is where the fireplace with the enchanted rose is actually sitting. And that's mm-hmm. where some of the artwork that you're talking about was on the walls. It's really nice. Service was great. And yeah. we got some very good drinks there. Now, they're not doing all the fancy, crazy screaming at you kind of stuff. Um, it's definitely a more low-key environment. Yeah. People are talking a little more lower volume and just kind of relaxing, having a good time. I noticed it was hard for me to transition from loud Sam to quieter Sam for a little <laughs> bit. And I, I don't know if I was successful in ever truly quietening down. I have an issue. <laughs> no, I think you did a great job. <laughs> but they do have food, too. They have small plates that you can order from 5 to 10 p.m. And we... Bec- like, we really hadn't eaten dinner, so we were trying little things as we went. So we got the dumplings at uh, Trader Sam's. Here we tried the mini smoked short rib sliders. Yeah. And they were so good. They were very, very it good. It felt like, like it to me, the meat tasted very, like, high-quality meat. It was. It was it was fantastic. And the sauce that they put on it, I don't know what that was, but the sauce was good. Well, it says glacier blue cheese and onion marmalade on split top buns. No wonder why I liked yeah. it. I love blue cheese. Yeah. It was great. And if you're interested, you can also order white sturgeon caviar for $95. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's cheap. They've got truffle fries, <laughs> shaved black truffles, and 18-month-aged Parmesan. They've got octopus a la plancha, house-made flatbread. Uh, espalette, espalette, pepper spice shrimp, um, artisanal cheese selection, which we saw someone get that, and it looked really good. It did. And then they have crab and yochetti gratin. And our friends beside us got flatbread, and they said their flatbread yeah. was really good. Um, I can't remember what it was. I, there's something that I would like to try, and you said it, and now I can't the remember. The truffle fries? No. They're, but the whole... Octopus. I do want to... Tr- yes. Octopus I want to try that octopus. Just because we've had some really interesting octopus now yeah. at Disney, and it's been pretty good. Yeah. So now I'm like, man, I want to try it octopus. everywhere. Yeah. Um, but the whole place smells like a truffle. It does. Yeah. it's it, Truffles have a very distinct smell, and I feel like it kind of gets in your skin when you eat it. But yeah, the whole place just smells like truffle. Yeah. When we got there, we asked our cast member server for drink recommendations. Because everything on the drink menu looks pretty good. And he recommended trying the seasonal old-fashioned, and he said it was featured on Good Morning America. Yeah, yeah. So it's a celebrity drink. It was very good, too. So both of us got one, and yeah, it was great. I'm not... You're an old-fashioned fan. I am. I am not really as much as you are, but I decided to try this one, and it was so good. It's it's a Widow Jane 10-year straight bourbon whiskey, house-made seasonal syrup and bitters, and it had... Do you think it was like pomegranate? It was no, cranberry? That was cranberry. Cranberry and orange yeah. in the drink. Uh, yes. So those little cranberries, I think they like... Um, they were almost like they candied like, or something. Yeah, they candied them. Yeah. But you could taste... The, the reason why I know is because whenever I pulled one out, I was thinking, what is it? And so I put it in my mouth and it, I could taste the sourness of okay. a cranberry. Yeah. So those were delicious drinks. They were a great recommendation. We do recommend it's a it's not cheap. It's twenty five dollar drink. Yeah. Um, and 
I had the lavender fog. Yes. And that one was really good, too. I mean, I had two amazing drinks there. Well, we shared the lavender fog. Well, I tried to drink most and, of it. But you passed it around the table. Everybody at the table, it was a community drink. It did, but because it was, everybody had to try that. It was funny. Some people were like, wow, that tastes like soap, because it's very lavender and floral heavy. But it was pretty good. It has tea in it. Yeah, it does. It has English breakfast tea, vanilla cream. It has uh, Rothman cream de violet. And Nolet Silver Dry Gin. It was it was an interesting, like, unique cocktail. It was very good. I would drink it again. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. So, I know this is where you guys came in and visited us a couple of times. Now, what did you think of just your impressions on how the Enchanted Rose looked and felt? It was nice and classy, but it was a little loud. It was loud for you. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think it was loud. Um... It was confusing to try to find you guys because <laughs> it's three like, separate rooms. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like that. How it was like there was a wall there. Yeah, you had to go out. And the server did tell us too, based on the drink we ordered, he had to get them from two different places. Some of them he got from the bar, and some of them he got from the kitchen. Whenever we were just be connected, walking into it, like from because there's this like bath and soap place in there where mm-hmm. I spent money that I shouldn't have. Um... But whenever we were walking to it, there was a um, a server coming through with like a pot of coffee and cups. Like, but she wasn't coming through any of the open rooms. She was coming from somewhere else and took it into the room we were going in to try to find you guys. Mm. Huh. So, well, in sidebar, so you guys were at Magic Kingdom while we were at Trader Sam's, and we went to Enchanted Rose. What did you eat at the Magic Kingdom? You guys never told me. Mickey Burger. Yeah, we had a Mickey Burger and chili cheese fries. Nice. And we okay. shared it. Where'd you go? Cosmic Grace. Awesome. Oh. And we also had Coke that had not much syrup in it. <laughs> oh. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, it tasted like they didn't change out the syrup. I don't think they knew. I didn't tell them, though. You could have asked. They would have I, given you a different Coke. Well, it was... It, the lady said that we got free refills on our Coke, which was something I haven't heard before. So I'll have to investigate that at a later date. But, in novelty news, there you have a giant Jack the Skellington sipper yeah. that sits down over the shelf. And we saw it at Cosmic Rays, and I had to restrain it's myself. Big. That thing's huge. Jack the Skellington. Jack the Skellington. Yeah. <laughs> Jack the Skellington sipper cup. Yeah. I've seen that, and it does look cool. Yeah. And it, it was previously supposed to be only available during Not So Scary, but now you can get it all day, which is pretty yeah. nice. That's cool. You should have picked one up with dad's I'm money. I'm surprised you didn't. Yeah. I restrained myself. I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, very shocking. So anyway, there you go. I'm glad you guys had a chance to hop into the Magic Kingdom and kind of do your own thing for a while. But I was also glad when you came and joined us. And then you joined us as we transitioned on to the Contemporary, where we visited the Wave Lounge. This was another place that I had never been, actually. The Wave. I've been to the Contemporary multiple times, but I've never actually gone to the Wave Lounge and ordered drinks. Um, and the reason that I saved this one for last is not only was it the last place we went, but it was also just more like your traditional just bar and lounge. Yeah, yeah. It's, they had TVs, and so we were able to watch They had the sports game. ball games on. Sports balls. They had um, distressing news. And uh, their drinks are very, very good. Yeah, but it's more traditional. It is. It it's is. it's not specialty drinks, really. But it's still fun. They taste good. The burger was good. They do serve the pina colava, which I have pre pre 
previously had at Geyser Point and enjoyed. Um, this one was, I think, maybe even a little better than that one. Yeah, I had a uh, Walk the Plank, and I know I've had that before. I just don't remember where. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I, I bet I could Google. Maybe. So if you're kind of comparing these, this is more of your traditional sports bar kind of experience. If that's what you're looking for, then this is the place to go. Um, it was, you know, the cr- it was later on. The crowd was kind of a little loud in there. Um, and they've got where we sat. So you can sit at the bar and then they've got these kind of semicircular rooms that are lit up blue. And they've got like bench seating and then little um, stool seating and, and small tables. We sat in one of those semicircular rooms with our party and... And had a good time. Um, it was fun. And I'm not saying anything bad about it. I just, again, it's totally different than the other two places we had been. And if you're not really into, like, the classy bar setting or you're not into the Trader Sam's wild silliness setting, which is, to me, more of like a Disney experience, then maybe the Wave is where you want to go. Or if you are looking to watch a sports ball game, then you can go to the Wave and you'll probably be able to watch it. I didn't like it in the Wave. Why? It was so blue and loud. Garrett doesn't like any sounds. That's not true. Garrett wants to live in like a music. library. I like music. <laughs> I want to live in a library. How's the research going over there? Not well. Well, that was our experience yesterday. We had a really good time. It was a lot of fun hanging out with the group that we were with. But I think that if you're going to do the monorail bar, bar crawl, I do think that maybe you start a little bit earlier. Maybe start around 5 if you're starting at Trader Sam's. Uh, by the time we got to the contemporary, the um, outer rim was closed, right? Um, so we went down. I mean, I think the wave stays open till one. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Oh wow! So how long does Trader Sam's open? That I don't know actually. I, it's probably one, but I'd have to look it up. I think one is kind of maybe the standard lounge shutdown time for Disney lounges. Yeah. So great trip. It was really fun. And I would do it again. And if you guys ever want to join us on a monorail bar, bar crawl, just let us know. Yeah, Especially we're if in. you're going to buy us drinks or something. <laughs> we're good for that. We're in. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's take a little break. We're going to go over to M34D. And when we come back in segment number three, we are going to talk all about a little Twitter question that I put out there this week. And I asked for some feedback on, and you guys responded. It's awesome. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me is one, Landon the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Hi, buddy. Always fun to be coming from you from the definitely not humdrum V based on last week's conversation. I cannot emphasize how much this is not the humdrum V. Yes. No, this is not. You're right. Exactly. We're not saying the rest of of the monorail is, but this is definitely not. But I'm definitely not not saying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fair enough. 
For those of you joining us on YouTube, you can see our festive holiday decorations and our beautiful faces. But Landon, I see you've got the Mickey popcorn bucket just over your shoulder. Yeah, from this year's not-so-scary Halloween party. Uh, Great Halloween decoration. Questionable popcorn bucket. Have you ever tried to get popcorn out of a bucket that looks like that? It's not easy. you got to really squeeze your hand in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you have big, giant, fat hands like uh, me, it gets stuck in the little uh, fl- pumpkin flap. <laughs> so, you know, that's fun. But you it can, looks awesome. You can go with the whole just dump it in your mouth method. Just open the flap and just. Yeah, and just, just <laughs> who cares if it gets all over you? And you're At least you're getting a few pieces in your mouth. Exactly. And I'm not at Walt Disney World to impress anybody. So, you know, <laughs> I am single, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and I, of course, have many over my shoulder. And I was commenting before we started, like, if I just kind of ease my way over here, it looks like she's maybe on my shoulder, like, just giving me little Halloween tips on how to, you know, make sure that we have a great holiday season. Minnie, what do you say? What is it? Oh, I'm covering your face. It doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Maybe I should have done it like this. There we go. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That only looks halfway ridiculous. How how do we prevent getting egged, Minnie? Oh, she says give lots of candy. Yeah, we'll do that. Mm, That's that's some good advice. (laughs) (laughs) What are we here for? We're here for M34D. We're doing... That's what we're doing. We're doing uh, everyone's favorite... Disney deep dive segment of the monorail podcast. And today we are continuing our quest to cover every attraction, every ride, everything that you can experience in the magic kingdom. And we have made it all the way to Mickey's Philhar magic. And this is special because this special episode, because we call this segment M three, four D. This is our first attraction that is considered four D. Ooh. Yeah, we haven't covered so is another this 3D M3, show. 4D, 4D? Yeah, I think it is. So that calls for a little celebratory coffee. Cheers to M3, 4D oh, no. and the Phil Har Magic. Oh, yeah, you've got your Diet Coke. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having... We didn't plan this ahead of time. No. So let's kick it off as we normally do by kind of giving you an overview of what this experience actually is. What is Mickey's Phil Har Magic? Well... It is a 12-minute 4D movie experience in a 486-seat concert hall that was formerly the home of Mickey's Musical Review, as we had discussed previously on uh, an older M3-4D. Available and, in the archives in the iTunes store, also available at mondaymorningmonorailpodcast.com. Yeah, the Mickey Mouse Review, we did a whole episode on that, and it's pretty good. Neither one of us had actually done that experience, but we learned a lot about it. So if you want to learn kind of the history of this building, go back and listen to that. And then it was replaced in uh, after 1980 by the 3D film Magic Journeys, which was previously in Epcot. And then after that moved on, the uh, Legend of the Lion King stage show moved into this building. Um, And that was all there until October 8th, 2003, when Mickey's Philhar Magic debuted. So it is now... At the ripe old age of 16, it can drive. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Because October 8th, it just celebrated its birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, let's let's pretend we planned it for that exact reason. So, happy birthday. Happy 16th birthday, Mickey. Yeah, happy sweet magic. 16. What do, you, what, do you, what do you get a ride attraction that just turned 16? Not a oh. car. Not a car. Not a car. Probably not a good idea. Um, maybe... 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that would be appropriate to give a theater. Maybe we just bring it like a bouquet of roses. You know? Oh, there you go. It is appropriate at the end of uh, stage performances to bring flowers to the cast. So yeah. maybe we just bring flowers to the theater. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, there you go. We should we should do it. We'll bring them sixteen roses and and lay them down outside, and people are like, "Did someone die? What happened?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I can stand back in the crowd, and be like, "Yeah, didn't you hear last night? Oh my god, it was bloodbath!" <laughs> and then we can start spreading these horrible, oh. horrible rumors within Walt Disney World. I love this idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, the theater is. Gorgeous. I mean, it's very lovely what they've done with the place. And when you walk in, you can see that there is a golden proscenium that frames the stage. Landon, are you familiar with the term proscenium? I am not. And I was just about to uh, commend you for the uh, use of the word proscenium because I'd never heard that before. Also, sounds very fancy. What does that mean? It's basically the structure that helps frame the stage, and it's usually right in front of where the curtain would hang. Um, in this case, it's decorated with instruments that are kind of swirling around magically, um, and it makes kind of a square frame. Sometimes it can be arched on a stage, but it is actually the physical representation of the fourth wall that separates the actors from the crowd. Oh. Yes. So, this is important, and the reason that I bring this up, this show... Has, does a great job of setting it up as you are actually in like a orchestra theater. The orchestra is on stage while they're not quite ready by the time the show starts. <laughs> um, but once the show does begin, that proscenium disappears. And every time I watch this show, I'm always like, I'm going to pay very close attention because I want to see what happens, how, the, how they actually do the magic of making it disappear and reappear. Because once it's gone... The projection screen you're looking at is actually 150 feet wide, and it, it is supposed to be, I don't know if it still is, but at the time, it was the largest 3D projection screen in the world. It may still be. Um, How cool is that? Yeah. So, although, you know, there are other uh, Philhar Magics now around the world, and I don't know if they also have the same size screen. I didn't do that kind of research. All I know is ours here in Orlando, Florida, does have, and, and at the time it was open, the largest screen specifically made for a 3d projection so you'll you'll as soon as the show starts once we start really getting into it that frame is gone which to me indicates that now there is no fourth wall and the show it, you're part of it at that point which is something i hadn't really thought about until i started doing this today but that has to kind of be the message that they're giving you right I mean, I would imagine so, especially when you <clears throat> frame it, for the lack of a better term. Once the show starts, that frame is removed and you're fully immersed. So, I mean, yeah, at that part, at that point, I would assume you are part of the show. Yeah. Or at least that's the idea they're going for. Yeah. And, and it's um, further enforced by the fact that you start getting these like air cannons. You start getting the water. smells, water, all this stuff happening all around you. And the finale, of course, one of the characters even makes an appearance busting through the back of the theater <laughs> so i mean it really does kind of make you part of the show but you can go watch this on youtube go look up mickey's philhar magic you can watch it there's a there was a new one that was posted just recently it was posted by darth vader 92 it's mickey's philhar magic 4k ultra hd and 3d audio full show at magic kingdom the reason i'm plugging this one is because he actually uses like stereo sound so You've got the experience, if you wear headphones, of hearing the stuff that's going on to the right and the left of you. Oh, wow. And 
He even put the uh, 3D, the opera glasses, as they call them for this show, on the camera. So it's really not blurry when you watch mm. it. It's not 3D, but it's not blurry when you watch it. So it's well, pretty nifty. Yeah, one of the better uh, experiences uh, in watching one of these PhilharMagic videos. Because if you watch a lot of them, um, they, they're blurry. Because, yeah, it's somebody shooting a 3D yeah, movie with a camera. With a camera. So shout out to you, Darth Vader 92. Yeah, so go check that out. I do not know that person. They have not paid me to plug their video. <laughs> but I just wanted to give them a shout out because they did a very good job. And it, and it makes you feel like you're there. So that's very cool. Um, so let's talk about kind of the show as it progresses. This really does become kind of a musical review of a lot of Disney animated classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you start out with Beauty and the Beast. You get to hear Be Our Guest. You go to Little Mermaid. Um, Ariel sings Part of Your World. Over to The Lion King. I Just Can't Wait to Be King. A little appearance from Peter Pan. And we get to hear You Can Fly. And, and some pixie dust. Don't forget the pixie oh, dust. Oh, pixie dust always. And then that transitions right into Aladdin. And they sing A Whole New World. And then we're back to the theater. And this is just like, you know, it's like Mickey's greatest hits of, you know, from their animated classics. And it's awesome because a lot of these environments they recreated in 3D, which was the first time that you could see places like Beast's Dining Hall and, and, you know, Ariel's Grotto. Um, Agrabah in particular, I wanted to say, because this was apparently one of the largest 3D environments that Disney animators had ever created and if you go wow. watch the film, even even you know you can appreciate it on um, on YouTube. You can actually really see that this is a huge uh, land, a huge environment they created for the Agrabah scene. Um, a lot of animating work went into this production. Yeah, something I found uh, piggybacking off the uh, animation work, uh, according to the Wikipedia. Uh, legendary Disney animator Glenn Keane re-rendered Ariel from The Little Mermaid from 2D to 3D. So, I mean, like you said, everything that we see in this show has been reworked. They took some 2D stuff and reimagined it for 3D. So, this is a new take on a lot of old Disney classics. Like you said, this is pretty much a greatest hits of this era of animation. So, it's Mm -hmm. we get to see a unique view of stuff that we're familiar with. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, you bring up Glenn Keane, which is, that was one of my notes I had as well, and I wanted to also give a shout-out to Nick Ranieri, who was the supervising director who helped to render Lumiere to do that for this show. So, it was, they were bringing back people who had actually created these characters, and the voice actors that you hear doing the voices are the ones from the films. Um, and even, you know, this was this was pretty impressive to me. Even the voice actor for Donald in this show, they actually went back and pulled original audio for Donald uh, to use in the show. And there was the current voice actor for Donald only had to do like five lines from what I heard. Otherwise, it was all... How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. The original voice actor was Clarence Nash. And the new voice is Tony Anselmo. There we go. Now, another thing, if you're a fan of Disney animation and uh, people who have experience doing these sorts of things, is you will find out that the director of Mickey's Philhar Magic is actually the same director that was responsible for Oliver and Company and The Prince and the Pauper. Basically, getting a who's who of animators, of voice actors, and then the director, and, and basically... Um, pulling all the resources to put together what I think is really 
one of my favorite 3D shows that you can experience um, in in the Walt Disney World Resort. I really enjoy Philhar Magic. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. It's always a nice reprieve just being able to get out of that heat, even if it is for 12 minutes. But you really get to see a lot in that 12 minutes. Yeah, you really do. And even though it's called Mickey's Philhar Magic. Let's be honest, like Donald's the star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mickey doesn't show up too much. He has a he has a little cameo at the very beginning and then he gets to kind of bring it all back back into um, reality there at the end, but but yeah, it's it's Donald's show more than it is anything else. He gets to he, he takes us through all these other animated worlds. We get to see all his hilarious antics as he tries to chase down the sorcerer's hat. <laughs> oh Donald, always always up to no good. That no pants wearing so and so doesn't wear pants. I was going to bring that up. He really does. He is the best. So you know, there is that. Uh, one thing we didn't mention: as you're coming in, you'll hear uh, kind of Goofy walking around backstage. He's playing the role of stage manager, um, and that's that's part of kind of the surround experience that you get because you can hi- kind of hear him walk around to the right, around behind you, to the left. He's yelling back and forth with Mickey and Minnie. Minnie actually does the intro and tells you to put on those opera glasses. And then, um, then that's when things get started. Here's what I want to know. They've been doing this show for so long. Shouldn't they know when it's showtime and shouldn't they be ready at this point? I was thinking that too. That really feels like Donald is just very ill prepared. And if we're being honest, unprofessional. Really? And we, they, we, the guests, we pay a lot to come into Walt Disney world. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, get it together. Really? Yeah. First of all, find some pants. Second of all, get a clock so you know what time the show starts. <laughs> they the should. Head. They should have a big clock in there. That's what we should get them for their sixteenth birthday. <laughs> a clock so they know when the show starts. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, positives of this show, right? It's it's in a air conditioned dark theater. It's one that I think is very kid friendly. I mean, oh, as, as long as your kids are okay with, because it gets sometimes it's a little loud, uh, sometimes the action gets a little crazy on the screen, but it doesn't have any real scary moments. Like we were talking about, um, it's tough to be a bug. Spiders come down from the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> That's scary. Uh. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't have things crawling underneath you, like when the bugs ex- exit the theater and stuff like that. So. Both and of those it's not things, like extra terrestrial or anything like that. Exactly, it's, it doesn't have any surprise, scary moments. It's good for the whole family. It's got great uh, a great soundtrack that people want to sing along to. So, definitely, it's one of the highlights of Fantasyland because um, you know everybody needs a little break from the heat. Everybody likes to sit down. And, mm-hmm. and it's especially a, after standing in line for Peter Pan's flight, uh, that might be a nice place to go sit down and uh, relax your feet. It's a fun show. <laughs> it is fun show. During the Be Our Guest part, the champagne pops. You can actually smell champagne. That's pretty cool. Uh, you can get drunk if you do it enough. Actually, <laughs> we don't know that for sure. I mean, I read it online, so it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't read that online. That's a lie. That's okay. We 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 know that you like to tease. You're you're such a tease. I am a tease, ladies. <laughs> All right, Landon. Well, I think it's time to let people know where they can find you online so, you know, you can continue teasing them. To tease them them there? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, L-A-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best, Landon Doan, not the rest. Uh, That's where you can follow me on Twitter, 280 characters at a time. I also have a website, buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Well, sit on your butt and munch. 
that's pretty decent. Good job. Uh, that's where you can find podcasts such as Game of Thrones Talk, aka Got Talk, uh, the R&D Project, Near Fall Radio, if you're a fan of the Sweet Science of Professional Wrestling. But in lieu of that, I invite you to go to the iTunes store and search all three of those in the podcast section and subscribe and leave us a review. Remember, five stars or GTFO. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also on the Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI radio station here in Knoxville, Tennessee, 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, streaming worldwide on the internet at Newstalk987.com, also available on the iHeartRadio app and the Newstalk 987 app available in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Very good. Go find him in all those places and enjoy all wall-to-wall, all you can consume land in the Dawes Dome goodness. Yeah, I'm generally pretty entertaining. Talk a lot about professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I tweet out dog stuff on Twitter because that's always cool. Everybody likes dogs. Everybody does like dogs. Yeah. So go follow him there, but you can also find him right back here next week for another M34D. Landon, we'll see you back here next time. Sounds like a plan. Welcome back to the monorail. Hope you enjoyed M34D today. We were talking about Mickey's Philhar Magic. Such what? a good show. Yeah. Me and Garrett didn't see it while we were in the Magic Kingdom. How dare you? I know. Moving on, we're going to get to the topic at hand here. So, this was the question I put out this week. And thank you all so much for responding and interacting. It makes the week go by so much faster when I get to see all of your responses and I get to talk to you guys especially about Disney topics. So the question that I asked you, our Twitter follower and faithful listener, was if you could have any Disney park to yourself for a day, which would you choose? All day, fully staffed, you can invite as many people as you want, food and drink included in this fantasy, and you get any shows and parades the park would typically offer on a normal day. So first, I want to ask you guys, because we haven't really talked about this, and I'm interested to see what you think. So let's start with McKenna. The Magic Kingdom. Okay. Why do you say Magic Kingdom? Because I have spent a decent amount of time in most of the other parks. It's not as hard to get through crowds and stuff in the other parks, especially on down days. But at the Magic Kingdom, even on like down days for them, it's still really busy and I don't like being there. Yeah. So if I got a chance where it's just me and maybe like my friends and stuff, we're running around, we can chat with all the cast members and just have fun and enjoy it. And I could try all the food that I've wanted to try there because it's like such a huge park. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel like I get to enjoy all of it. So yeah. I choose the Magic Kingdom. Okay. Valid. And I want to pull the sword out of the stone. Stone. <laughs> okay. Stone. Stone. <laughs> okay. We're making dreams come true in a lot of these fantasies, so I allow that. You yes. you get that experience. Okay. What about you? I mean, um, McKenna makes a solid argument on that. Because originally I was thinking maybe Epcot with the Food and Wine Festival going, so that way I could try all those booths. But I am able to try those fairly easily and she's right at 
uh, Magic Kingdom, it gets really crowded everywhere mm-hmm. in the rides. So yeah, I think I would uh, I would do the Magic Kingdom as well. Am I supposed to say who I would invite? No, you don't have to say. Would you invite now? Would you invite a ton of people or keep it small? No, no. So actually, I think it would be fun if I had this opportunity to invite everyone from my work. Okay. Like my entire facility, which is about six hundred people. Yeah. And then uh, friends and family. Yeah. I mean, you're talking less than a thousand people. The park's going to feel totally empty. Well, I would like for um, the people at my work to bring their immediate family. Well, even so. Yeah. McKenna's raising her hand. Yes. I have something to add. I would want it to be during a not so scary party so I could see the headless horseman like just me. And she's going to propose to <laughs> And him. I'm going to propose to the Headless Horseman. Okay. Well, you can still get the park during the day, but you can have the not-so-scary at night. There yeah. you go. Okay. They're yeah. really pulling out all the stops for you. Yeah, they are because I'm worth it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get married to the Headless Horseman. That says something about me. All right, Garrett. I've made a prediction about what you might say, but let's see what what you actually say. Is this even like a question that you need to ask? Probably not. Obviously, Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And I would invite my friends. What makes you say Animal Kingdom? Because I want to see all the animals. Okay. <laughs> and I don't want to wait for things. And I want to get good seats in Festival of the Lion King. And if no one's there, then I'd just get free drinks. Let's say that. Yeah. And I'd get the watermelon drink all the time. <laughs> and Mickey pretzels. Mm. And walk around talking to Simba. Nice. Carrie, <laughs> you could see all the little tree short films. That they put, like, the, oh, when oh, the tree comes the to life. I'd, I'd make them do that all the time. Yeah, the projections. That'd be cool. Okay. The awakening. Tree of life awakening. And I talked to Donald Duck at his dino bash. Okay. Well, I said Animal Kingdom, actually. And the reason being, with nobody in the park, you could ride Flight of Passage and Everest as much as you wanted without having to wait. You would, you've got... Two of the best shows on property with Lion King and Nemo yeah. uh, that you could watch. The food and drink, I think top to bottom at Animal Kingdom is probably the strongest lineup of any park. Um, and you've got nature trails to explore. If you get hot, you need to relax. You go to Nomad Lounge. Um, I You could ride the train to Rafiki's Planet Watch. And I don't know. I just think that overall, like park being empty you get to do everything you want food and drink included i really think you'd get a huge bang for your buck at animal kingdom yeah so i mean i think those are two good parks to do that in yeah i mean hollywood studios you don't have any shade so it'd be hard to cool off (laughs) and then (laughs) epcot you know it doesn't have a whole lot of rides so it's not as kid friendly Epcot isn't the biggest park is the reason I wouldn't do it. It's big. It, it is it's big. It's bigger than Magic Kingdom. You don't... But, like, in terms of stuff that I would want to do, I don't feel like I, I need a whole day to do yeah. that. Especially by myself. All right. I'm just excited about how many people are interacting with us and talking to us. And how cool is it that we get so many people responding to us? Thank you all. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I should have tallied them all up and just given a count. But... That's a lot of fun. I had a couple tweets that kind of blew up this week, and that was one of them. And the other was just the <laughs> Flight of Passage pre-show guy going, uh, and everybody really enjoyed that. So based on the popularity of that tweet, I'm proud to announce our next podcast adventure will be the Flight of Passage pre-show podcast, no. where we all we do is talk about that guy. And we'll all be like, uh, uh, fly. Uh, uh, me and Garrett got to go. Was it me and Garrett? 
Well, well, no, it was Garrett and you. We went through the wow. um the the queue for flight of passage. For flight of passage, and it's awesome. So when did it, you do that? The lines were really short for some reason. It was after the hurricane. It was, it was hurricane oh, week. Yeah, yeah, me and Garrett went down for the hurricane. Yeah, and it was so cool. Yeah. I've been through the queue one time. No, one time. Two um, times. And it was really cool. It really was. I've never been through the standby queue. I've ridden Flight of Passage at least 10 times now, not once through the standby. I can't even tell you how many times. Okay. All right. That's enough of that from you. I was... So, recently I was listening to the Theme Park Thursday with Dillis Dis. Who's that? Uh, Frank and Jen. Yeah, Frank's birthday's coming up. Let's remind everybody. Yeah, tell him he's old. He's going to be turning 102 this year. Mm. But on their podcast, they were talking about how many times... Someone asked a question how many times have they been to Disney. I think they undersold how many times they've been, but I feel like I'm catching up. <laughs> you're catching up quick. I'm at least trying to. Yeah. I think you've got a ways to go, but you're catching I, up quick. I do have a little bit of a ways to go. Speaking of Frank and Jen, I wanted to reciprocate a challenge that they threw out my direction this past week. Ah. So... Now's a good time as any to, to talk about this, and I'm putting it out there on the podcast, on the internet, so they have to respond. Here's the deal. Frank had said that if they reached 3,000 followers by some day in early October, I don't know if it was October 1st, I can't remember, but if they did that, then he would agree to put Lederhosen on in the Germany Pavilion at Epcot and walk through the World Showcase over to International Gateway and onto the boardwalk, hand-in-hand hand with Drunk Stormtrooper, and they didn't make it. And this was like our second or third attempt to try to reach some goal to get Frank to wear Lederhosen in Epcot, and it didn't work out. So I'm ready to go about this in a new way. Where someone's going to have to do this. Someone's going to have to. There's no, like, if this happens, I will. Someone's going to have to do it. We need someone to do this, people. Yeah. So here's what I was thinking. Let's do a fundraiser. And I think it would be fun to make it a competition. We'll try to raise funds. The Dillos Diz can try to raise funds. We'll pull our money together and we're going to put it towards a charity. I believe we're going to do Give Kids the World, but we can work this out. We'll work out the details. Yes. But Give Kids the World's a good one. We could do Make-A-Wish, something like this. Bringing kids to Walt Disney World. The Losing Podcast, or the podcast that raises less money. I would say, if it's us, I will agree to wear Lederhosen in Epcot all day. All day! During the uh, Jocelyn Disney Gratitude meetup that's happening at the end of January. It'll either be that Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. One of those days. Probably either Friday or Sunday, because I think we're going to do the Magic Kingdom on Saturday. But I would agree, if we raise less money, I will do the Lederhosen. I'll if, wear that and you, the you'll wear German like lady the bar out, yes. Yeah, a winch. I, will. Okay. I absolutely will. Okay. I'll dress up like a gondolier. <laughs> if the Dillos did raise less money, Frank has to wear the Lederhosen all day. Sounds like a plan to me. And Jen can wear whatever she wants, but I just want Frank to wear Lederhosen. He's the one I'm really putting on the line here. Yeah. I mean, this sounds great. Yeah. So what I'd like to do is start the fundraiser first part of November and do it through December 31st. So two months. We're going to do two months of fundraising and then we'll announce the totals and declare a winner and the losing podcast is on the hook for a leader hose in Epcot day. All day. Because look, here's the deal. We're, we're putting some, we're, we're 
we're putting some real stakes out there. This isn't just a, oh, you can put on lederhosen and walk out of the park. No, 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 no. All day. I'm in. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frank and Jen at Dillo's Diz, theme park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. What is your response? We anxiously await to hear from you this coming Thursday. I'm all in, people. Yeah. So we'll announce, we'll, we'll be sending out links and we'll officially announce whatever charity we're going to give the money to and then we'll uh, post the links so you can start donating and please donate to us because everybody wants to see Frank and Lederhosen. Uh, yes, just because he doesn't <laughs> want it. He doesn't want to so bad and we're okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It'll uh, be way more fun to put Frank and Lederhosen. Oh my yeah, gosh, please. Yeah, please donate to us. I'm I, all about making a fool of myself. So <laughs> I, I don't. I just want to see old man Frank wandering around in his Lederhosen. <laughs> Looking for shade. Looking for shade. Where is the shade? <laughs> Can we... Make him wear like one of those green hats. Oh, he has to wear the hat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The hat's <laughs> oh part of it. Yep. For sure. And he won't mind. That's similar to a fedora. So. Yeah, but what if it's a little smaller than his big bald head? <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. All right. There it is. So make sure that you're saving up your pennies. And Go through the couch. Look in your cup holders in your car. Gather up all your change. And let's get this done. Let's get Frank and Lederhosen. Yeah, and give us your pennies, please. Yeah, give us your pennies. All right, we're going to wrap it up for today. I want to say thank you very much for listening. Thanks for interacting on Twitter. Thank you so much for letting my Fly to Passage pre-show tweet go viral. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I even got a retweet from like famous Diz Twitter people, and I was like, what? It's crazy. I'm famous now, guys. No, you're not. You're I've, still not. I've made it. Am I famous now? No. But if you want to interact with us on Twitter, you want to retweet my silly tweets, you can do that at Morning Monorail on Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on all the other things. I've got a lot of videos to catch up on, but you will see some activity on YouTube coming up this week. And we got a website, mondaymorningmonorailpodcast.com. Please visit. So I hope you all have enjoyed today's show. I hope you enjoy your week. And we hope you come back here again next week with us. Until then, have a magical week. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all.